our country is has nothing to do with who's a president. It has to do with a spirit that has been unleashed against our liberty and against our country and against everything that we just sang about. There is an element in our world right now that wants to do away with God, that wants to ignore the fact that the reason America is here is because men and women were seeking a place of spiritual and religious liberty. And we founded our country upon the Word of God. And since that time, they have worked tirelessly to take that Word out of our schools, prayer out of our schools. And now we're in such a mess that we don't know what's going on really. But we, we need the hand of God on us. I think you ought to join with your family. If you're still thankful to be an American, even though it may not be what it ought to be, would you just pray with me right now that God would touch this nation one more time with glory? In the name of Jesus, we come before you this morning, Lord, imploring you to put your hand upon us as a nation and as a people. In spite of the darkness and in spite of the evil that is rampant around us and all of the things that are happening in our world right now, we need the hand of God. We need people in America that will turn their hearts back to you and turn their faces toward you, God, so that we might seek of you the right way, that we might know the right thing to do. Oh, God, would you bless America again with revival and with your touch. In the name of Jesus, let there be a spiritual awakening in this country. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. I'd like to ask any of our People today, any of you that have served in our military of any form, would you please stand just for a moment? We could give honor to you if you served in our military. Man. Before you're seated, let me, um, let me pass along something my father-in-law shared with me this week, and I thought it was fitting. He said, on this Memorial Day, let us remember and honor our real heroes, the million-plus men and women who gave their lives to protect and preserve our freedom. To many Americans, Memorial Day is not a day of celebration nor sorrow. It's a day to honor our fallen heroes and thank them for our many blessings of democracy and freedom. The haunting words of TAPS, our military bugle call that we play over our military graves always reminds us all is well, safely rest, God is nigh. Thanks and praise for our days neath the sky as we go this we know, God is nigh. Sleep in peace, soldier brave, God is nigh, God is nigh. Amen. Let's honor them again with a great hand clap of appreciation.
Now I'm going to challenge all of you that didn't stand. If you see somebody here, I've already got one of them picked out, but I want you to take them out to eat today. Amen. They may not have died in the military, but they served in our military, and we're thankful for their service. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be here today. Thankful for this Sunday morning, and I am grateful for the blessings of God that have been upon this place today. I don't know when I've ever enjoyed just the pure worship of God's people like I have the last few weeks. Somehow, it seems like that when we gather here, there is a spiritual connection. There's something that happens that brings us into a much better place. And I am grateful for that, and I am thankful for our music team and all the labors and all the things that they do to help get us into a good place because we don't always come to church in a good frame of mind. And somebody said amen. Sometimes we've kicked the dog and sometimes we've said a few words we shouldn't have said or sometimes we've acted in a way that we should not have acted. And when we get into the house of God and the worship of God's people is going on, there's something about it that pulls us in and it helps to purge our mind and our spirit. And I am thankful for that. I, I don't ever want to get to the place that I just... What's next? <clears throat> I want to enjoy the blessings of God. And that's been so good today. Why don't you all stand one more time in honor of the Word of God. We're going to go to the book of Genesis chapter 40. Genesis the 40th chapter. And uh, we're going to read a few verses found here in this book of beginnings. Genesis chapter 40. And um, we're going to, I don't have time to read the whole story, but it is, it is the, a passage that deals with a time in Joseph's life when he was in prison after he had been betrayed by his own brothers and sold into uh, Egyptian slavery. He had now fallen under the wrath of Potiphar's wife and had been placed in prison. And while he was there, he has two mates, two cellmates that he is put in charge of. And he has to serve them in prison. One of them's a butler and one of them's a baker. You've got to be careful which occupation you decide to follow because one of them didn't make it out. I don't know if that's applicable to us today. But anyway, while they were there, both of them dreamed dreams, and it troubled them. When he came in, he saw their countenance was fallen. They were sad, and he said, what's wrong? And, and uh, one of them said, well, we dreamed a dream, and we don't know what it means. And so Joseph interpreted the dream. And this is what it says and in verse uh, number 13. Uh, he said, or number 12, Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wentest, when thou wast his butler. Verse 14, but think on me, the a revised translation says, But remember me when it is well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, 
and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that should put me into the dungeon. And then the chief baker saw that he answered him good, and so he told him his dream. His outcome was not as good. But go down to verse number 20. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgave him, forgot him. Verse 41, chapter 1, or verse 1 of verse chapter 41, there's no chapter delineations back in the original, so it just flows. And it came to pass that at the end of two full years, the Pharaoh dreamed a dream and a butler remembered. Now, I want to talk to you about some keys this morning. You're going to get tired of these after a while. I want to talk to you about the key to unlocking your prison. Everybody said amen. The key to unlocking your prison. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's a relief to find out that you're not the only one that forgets things. Now, do I need to say that again? Some of you are just getting seated. You didn't hear me. It is a relief to know that you're not the only one who forgets things. According to recent research by Karen Bola, everyone at some time or another forgets something. And so she took it on herself to study and uh, research, and she, she condensed all of it to this. There are six things that people most often forget. forget faces, 49% forget what was said, 53% forget words. Is this making you feel any better? This is across the board. 57% forget telephone numbers, 60% forget where something is, 83% forget names. And if that doesn't make you feel better, if you can't remember where you've just done or what you've just done, you're part of 38% of the population of America that can't remember what they've just done. So it is that we all have a problem with remembering. It's kind of like the physician and the patient. The physician came into his uh, to, to the examination room, and here was this guy, and he said, if I've told you once, I've told you a hundred times, I do not treat amnesia cases. <clears throat> I 
you'll get that after a while. You know, we laugh about it. We kind of blame it on age or many other things. This thing called memory loss. But it's not just an age thing. Well, maybe I should say age as in the number of years, but maybe age in the time frame in which we live. We all forget. At some time or other, we're all guilty of that. And oftentimes we forget the most important things. Anniversaries, birthdays. Those things that we should remember, but somehow they slip away from us. But there's nothing that's really funny about forgetting. You know as well as I, if you're a husband, if you've ever forgotten an anniversary, there's nothing funny about that. You will spend the rest of your year paying for it. Now, maybe they won't exact it out of you, but you'll exact it out of yourself out of remorse for being such a clunk that you didn't remember. But it's not a funny thing when we fail to remember. It's not only a dangerous thing, but it's an extremely costly thing to forget. Many years ago, Phillips Petroleum had an explosion and uh, there were, I think, 12 people killed that day. Uh, my brother-in-law worked there at the time. And he was telling me later on about how it all came about. And it came about because of the pressures of a moment that someone forgot one simple procedure and they panicked. And when they panicked, it cost the lives of 12 people plus many injuries and millions of dollars worth of damage. Forgetting is a dangerous thing. And the reality is that we are doing that more and more. When I think about our nation and our country, I see a country that is very quickly forgetting the things that have made us great. And I want to be honest with you, I... I get just plain angry nowadays. I, I, I get to where I don't even like to go to the Internet or to the news or to open a magazine of any kind anymore because of the liberal bias that is determined to undermine everything that I believe our country represents and what it stands for. And the gutless people who hide behind a keyboard or... They question whether what, what someone else is doing when they themselves are not offering a remedy or a solution. I, I have no time for that. I, as a matter of fact, I've, I've started writing off magazines and periodicals that I don't even want in my possession any longer because it seems that they have a, an agenda and that agenda is to do away with what America has represented to us and recreate it into some new, morphed, warped form of a country. Amen. But our nation is forgetting. We are forgetting what has made us great. The Bible still says that the nation that forgets God shall not prosper. It will not be blessed. And we can ignore God, but when you begin to 
discount God and you completely write him out of the equation, there is no way that our country will ever prosper. In remembering, it is something that helps us acknowledge our debt to the past. It's hard for us to admit many times that we didn't get here by ourselves. We have so many self-made people in our world. They they did it all by themselves. But when you look back over their life, you see, well, that one helped them and that one was there. And, and if it hadn't been for that break that that person gave them, and if it hadn't been for that recommendation that that person gave them, there are no self-made people. We are all the product of others and we are all product of those who have come before us. And many of them paid an ultimate price for us to enjoy what we enjoy this morning. Liberty, freedom, amen. The, the, the privilege of coming to our church and not feeling like there's somebody sitting out in the audience that's monitoring everything that we say or do. There may be, but it doesn't bother me if you are because I, I still feel the liberty of preaching the word of God in, in fear, without fear or favor. So remembering helps us stay connected to what those who have come before us. And it helps us remember that we are indebted to the past and that we appreciate what others have done. I wonder how long it has been since any of us have really sat down and reflected back over our life and recall the many people that helped get us where we are right now. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher that believed in us. Or maybe it was a school teacher that saw something that would not let go and they encouraged us. Or maybe it was a family member or a neighbor or a preacher or somebody that when you were about to go under, they reached out and got a hold of you and held you up and pointed you in the right direction how long has it been since we have taken the time to just look back over life and think about all of the journey that we have been on? And if it had not been for that man or that woman at, at that stage in my life, there's no telling where I would be right now. Is anybody thankful for where you are? Amen. Are you thankful that God has helped you? When I look back over my life, I... I think of a tiny wisp of a woman by the name of Sister Kessler who was my Sunday school teacher when I was a little rowdy boy. Now, I know none of you believe that about me. You probably think I had angel's wings back then, but I, I'm afraid it was anything but that. But Sister Kessler... If I were to name the kids that were in that class, if you knew them, it would make you start pulling what hair you have out. It was mean. It was Wendy Moore, which is Brother Eldon's younger brother, and I think Eldon, uh, Weldon Moore, and uh, Kenny Frazier, and the name, and if you only knew those boys, you, you think... You, you would think best thing to do is just put a bomb in there and pull the door closed and walk away. 
But that woman had a unique gift of making us believe that we were worth something. And she invested her time. We didn't even know it at the time. We had no idea what hell that woman lived through every week. Her husband was an alcoholic. And when she would come to church, she'd come to church knowing that when she got home, she was probably going to get a beating because he hated God and hated church. But she didn't care. She would take the beating so she could come and invest something in some toe-headed boys that most people would say, forget it. They don't understand. They don't know. I'm going to tell you, they may not have, but this one understood. And when I look back over my life, I remember that one. And you know what? I started seeking the Holy Ghost long before I ever received it. It wasn't God's fault. It was my fault. But you know who was faithful to pray with me every time I came? Sister Kessler. It didn't matter. And it got to the point, I'm just be honest with you. I evidently got so annoying to some people that they, if they got a new candidate in the altar, everybody in the church went to that person and they left me and Sister Kessler on the end of the altar. But she never quit praying for me. She never quit praying with me. You have your Sister Kessler. There's got to be somebody that when you look back over your life at a pivotal moment or a pivotal time in your life they did something to help steer you maybe maybe they just said something maybe they just uh, uh, pushed back on uh, against something that you were moving toward and it was all that was needed to write you in and turn you or wake you up and make you thankful that you didn't go another step do you remember anybody like that Maybe it was a pastor or a preacher or maybe a co-worker or a friend that they just held on to you. When all the rest of the world let go, they kept holding on to you. You didn't get here by yourself. You're, you're just like that turtle on a fence post. Amen. We all are that way. We are here because somebody helped move us along the way. And we must never, ever, ever Forget that. And there needs to be a militant spirit that rises in us that will not let that be forgotten. There's got to be some folks, this laissez-faire, this lackadaisical, well, it doesn't bother me attitude is killing us right now, church. Somebody needs to stand up and say, you know what? We are great because somebody prayed. We are great because somebody stood on the Word of God. We are great because somebody believed that God invested in us mercy and grace. Come on, clap your hands and thank Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to take you to our text very quickly, and I'm going to try to be... i I got a few short minutes here. Our text illustrates what happens when we fail to remember. The story of Joseph, one of the greatest stories that's ever been told, that's ever been written. And all of the events of Joseph's life have so much valuable teaching material in them. But this particular episode has one of the most powerful lessons that I 
I think any of us could consider. We find him in prison falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, languishing away. I don't know how long he had been there, but for a few years while he was there, he is joined by two cellmates. I mentioned that, a butler and a baker. They have dreams, and he interprets the dream. And uh, the butler gets out. The only thing that Joseph asked of him was, when you get out, remember me. When you get freedom, when you go where you're going to be going, just think back to this man that helped you in a crisis moment. Don't forget me. And yet the Bible said that's exactly what he did. He forgot him. He got out, released. I can only imagine what he must have felt like because, you know, the cup, the, the, the butler was... Uh, the cupbearer, he was the one who actually tasted all of the wines or the fluids, whatever it was that the, 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 the king or Pharaoh would eat. He was the one that would taste him before anyone else so that if there was any poison, he would die, not the, the Pharaoh. And so any food or anything of that nature. And so he's back in his place. He's back in his position. He's enjoying the liberties, and yet he forgets. The Bible said, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph. And the next verse says, and so for two full years, the word full, if you want to take that word out and put the word long in, two long years, Joseph languished in prison because somebody forgot him. Joseph languished in prison because somebody failed to remember. His life was was anything but desirable, and he, he lived, no doubt, with a sense of frustration that knew he should be free, but he was still incarcerated, and all because somebody Failed to remember. He is held in prison. And I got to thinking about this this week. I realize that forgetting many times or failing to remember keeps others in prisons. But I've also come to understand that most often the one that's kept in prison when we fail to remember is not somebody else but us. We're the ones that wind up becoming a prisoner. And we are limited and we, our life is, is frustrated and we, we do not enjoy the blessings of liberty and all that comes with that. We, we're bound, we're shackled, we are frustrated and we are in prison. We cannot Do the things that we enjoy doing because our liberties have been stripped away from us. There's a high cost to forgetting. Amen. Say that with me. There's a high cost to forgetting. And there are those who are bound in prisons this morning because they have forgotten. They 
They do not enjoy the liberty and the, the blessings of God's bounty and His fruitfulness. They, they don't enjoy the mercies of God that have been given and extended to them because they have forgotten. They have forgotten. I wonder this morning, what are you forgetting that is keeping you in prison? What are you forgetting that God has already done that has you bound in bitterness in the present moment over something that's not going the way that you want it to go? What, what prison are you bound up in this morning that is a product of your own doing and, and there's anger that's in your life right now and you're, you're always at edge with everybody because of current circumstances. But if you would just remember, if you could go a little past what's going on right now, you would realize that it's, it is not worth the price that you have to pay to content, continue with, with in that state of mind. There are people that battle with hatred this morning because of current events in their life and they're eat up with hatred. They say they're not, but when they try to worship, their worship is always limited by the feelings of hatred toward other people. And they, they, they look around their life and they see somebody else that did them wrong or hurt them and they allow that to close the door on their life and they live in this small little isolated cell of a prison. Amen. That's what happens when we forget. When we forget, when we get caught up in the moment and we don't go far enough back to realize that what a man sows, they will reap. So if somebody has done something to hurt you, just understand that something's going to come back to hurt them as well. But we get caught up in the moment We get caught up with what's not going right in the present sense. We get hung up on on what somebody's not doing for us right now. And all kind of hell breaks out in our life because we have forgotten. We've not looked far enough back. We've not looked beyond what's happened in the moment to something in the past that would remind us That God got us through that. He'll get us through this. God made a way back there. He'll make a way up here. God was my strength back there. He'll be my strength up here. And we imprison ourselves. And we are bound up. And our life is tormented by the lack of freedom. Because we're caught in a present circumstance. Amen. Is there someone that you could free this morning if you would just forgive? Yourself mostly. If you just let them go. If you just take your hands off and say, you know what? I'm I'm not going to play God anymore. I know some of you don't think you are. But there's a lot of times many of us play God. And I say that by saying we try to keep our hand on it. And we keep, we, we don't do it in public. We do it in private. But we keep manipulating. We keep pulling string. We keep trying to make it work out. And God's looking at us saying, if you'll just take your hands off of it and let me be God for a moment, I can handle it. But as long as you keep messing with it, I cannot fix it. So, I want to talk to you about the key to unlocking your prison. 
the key to opening that door and letting yourself free is very important. If you go to the book of Psalms, 106 chapter, you're going to find a recounting of the history of God's people. And it's not a very pretty picture. I, I will admit to you readily that it is, it is not one that you would want to reflect upon But in very vivid detail, the psalmist gives us the outline of Israel's life and their up and down and all of the things that went down in their life, the miracles they experienced, the kindness that God showed to them, the mercies of God, the favor of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, All of those things they had experienced in their life, but they forfeited the blessing of all of that because they forgot. All of that, all the kindness, the mercy, the tenderness, the compassion, all of the watch care, all of the provisions, all that God had done for them throughout their spiritual journey because They did not remember. It cost them dearly. Amen. They rebelled. They took matters into their own hands. They panicked. They panicked. They became distrustful. They were rebellious. We don't like to use that word, but they refused to walk with God. They refused to listen to God. When we forget, we are, we are more prone when we forget to live by our feelings than we are to live by our faith. That's what happened. When they forgot, everything was about right now. Forget the fact that God had opened a pathway through a Red Sea and then closed it behind them and swallowed up all their enemy. Forget that. Forget the fact that when they needed water, he said, speak to the rock or smite the rock, and the rock gave water in the middle of a desert. Rocks just don't give water in the middle of a desert. When they murmured and complained and they were griping about where they were at, he gave them manna. The Bible calls it manna because there was no word to describe what it was. It was One writer calls it angel's food. I mean, this came fresh out of heaven's bakery every day. And yet, after a little while, what happened? They started grumbling about manna. You know what? I understand more and more why Moses got mad and smote the rock. If you ever pastor people, you'll understand Makes you just want to go up to a brick wall and go, wham, wham, wham. <laughs> you get more out of it. That was Moses. That's what Moses did. He just smote the rock. God said, speak to it. And he just, out of anger, because of what, how they were acting, because they had forgotten. They had forgotten that when the angel of death visited Egypt, not one Of their children, not one was lost. They forgot that when they were going through this journey, 
that their shoes never wore out and their clothes didn't wear out or decay. Now, folks, you can't buy that at Walmart. They forgot all about that. They forgot the fact that every day they got up and looked at their shoes, their shoes looked as new as they were when they first got them. They, they forgot the fact that they didn't even have to go searching for the manna. God made it fall in the camp. The quail came right where they were. God didn't make them go out on a safari to find where it was at. And yet, even at their front door, it wasn't close enough. They wanted it inside. I, I don't know. That's just human nature, you know. God does one thing, and we're just, we, we look at him and say, yeah, that's good, but. I, I need to preach about that word sometime, but I'm afraid to because it's too controversial. But there's just too much of that in our life. When somebody tries to encourage you, yeah, but you, but, but you don't know. No, you don't know. That's the problem. You have forgotten. If you would just turn and look back over your journey, you would realize there were many times when God had to pick you up and carry you to get you to the next place. And he didn't leave you there. He carried you to get you where you needed to go so you would go on in your journey. Man, and so they panicked, they did all that stuff. They started living by their feelings and not by their faith. And this is what happened. I'm going to go in a very quick walkthrough. I wish I had time to read it. But when they forgot, they became disoriented. And the Bible says they wandered. Wandered. And that's what happens when we forget. There is no purpose. There is no direction. We're here. We're there. We're like a ping pong ball. And we can't pay attention. Some people can't even pay attention in a 30-minute sermon anymore. You say, well, Brother Hughes, if you preached a 30-minute sermon, I would. I'm not much more than 30 minutes. But you can't even pay attention for a 30-minute sermon. It's because we have forgotten something. And it's, You know what a preacher has to deal with right now? Half the time, I say half the time, a lot of times during church, people are on their iPad or their iPhone or whatever else. They're texting somebody or they're taking care of business. And they wonder why when they leave church it was so boring. There's no inspiration there. The preacher didn't have any idea what I was going through. That's a reprobate spirit. I hate to tell you that, but... That, that's, a, that's something we need to get away from. Folks, you hear me tonight, this morning. The reason that we are where we are is because of the mercy and the goodness of God. And when we forget, the first thing that happens is we lose our sense of direction. We just wander from pillar to post. We're up and we're down. If, if we have a crisis, we're praying like you wouldn't believe. If, if we have a crisis, you can't keep us away from the church. But when things start going well, you can't get us to come to church. We're just wondering. Whatever feels good, whatever hits us, whatever notion. And they lost their sense of direction. They lost a sense of purpose. And so they begin to leave God's way. They begin to move away from God's will. And when you begin to wonder, I'm going to tell you what always shows up. 
impatience starts rearing its ugly head. And you don't, you don't have time for that. You better take some time for that. Because that impatience is what prodded Israel when they were wondering and, and they had taken God out of the equation. They were trying to handle They became so impatient that they circumvented God's will and God's purpose for their life. They even ignored him. They even went as far as to build an idol, a golden calf, and strip themselves naked and dance and worship around this golden calf. You say, no way. Absolutely. When people forget, it's, there, there's no telling what will become their God. It could be a job. It could be a hobby. It, it could be friendships. It could be many things. It, there, there's a lot of things that become our God that we honor more than we honor Him. And when they forgot, that's what happened. They started drifting here. and drift, If they were with this group, they were this way. If they were with this group, they were this way. And, 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 and when they weren't with either group, they didn't know what way they were. And, 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 and here's, the, here, here's the catch. You don't live the bulk of your life with them or with them. You live the bulk of your life with you. And the problem is there's people that when they're with that crowd, they're, oh, man, we do, we, we're going to have a party tonight. And then when they come to church, they want But most of the time, you're with yourself. And if you don't learn how to live with who you are and who God made you to be, you're going to spend your life wandering around, missing everything that God has planned and purposed for your life because you have forgotten. Amen. You have forgotten. I'm going to hurry on. When, when they forgot, they started grumbling. Now, I know you don't do that. But when you grumble, you become ungrateful for what God's already done in your life. And then... Sarcasm shows up. It's amazing. Some of the things that I've heard as a preacher come out of people's mouths. The sarcastic things that they say about church, about God, about God's people. And it's all because they have forgotten. You know what Israel said? Israel said, well, God, if it wasn't enough, there weren't any graves in Egypt. You brought us out here in this wilderness so we'd have a bunch of graves out here. Now, that's kind of sarcastic if you ask me. But you know what? That's what happens when you forget. Sarcasm shows up. You've got to come back for everything, somebody said. That's a dangerous place to live when that kind of spirit takes over in your life. Because it will lead you nowhere but down. Amen. Because there were no graves in Egypt. You brought us out here for us to die in the wilderness. And the truth was, Egypt was full of graves. That's where the great pyramids came from. That's where they buried their dead. There were pyramids everywhere. They honored the dead in Egypt. But the sarcasm of Israel's, their thinking and their attitude toward God was, you just did this to get back at me. You just brought me out here so you could pay me back for all. And the reality was it was just a, a matter of forgetting. When we forget, if you read down through, from, from, just start in verse 12 in 106 and read down. You'll find what I'm talking about. They became impatient. They didn't wait on counsel. 
They followed their own lust or their own desire. And when we forget, we will always give in to our carnal cravings. And that's why they wound up criticizing the manna, complaining about the way God provided. <laughs> hey, folks, if God's taking care of you, you ought to just take a moment and say, Thank you, Lord. You may not be driving a Cadillac today, but if you're driving something, you ought to say, Thank you, Lord. I got here with wheels today. You may not have the job that you want or the job that you think you deserve, or you're old, but you ought to take a moment and say, thank you, God. Amen. This is what happened. When you forget, the next thing that happened is they became envious. They attacked the spiritual leadership God had put in their life. They attacked Moses and Aaron. And Korah and them said, well, we, 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 are just as good as they are. Who, do, who does he think he is telling me what to do? I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. I, I'm just here to try to break that word open and help you see something that will give you understanding in life. But here's what happens when we forget we become envious and we become people who live by comparisons and, and we say, well, you know what, I might be bad, but I'm not as bad as somebody else I know in the church. You know what, there's always somebody else in the church that's worse than you are. Get over it. That's what church is all about. That's why we have church. It's for people to find help and healing. But I don't compare myself, and that's what happens. When we forget, we start looking around. You know what, God, I'm, I'm, I'm more faithful than they are, but it seems like they're, they're always being blessed. Jealousy showed up. I know you don't ever battle that. And when jealousy shows up, you begin to justify your attitude. And they thought, we're just as holy as Moses and Aaron are. And so they usurped that place. Read the story. You'll know what happened to them. They were destroyed. They allowed disrespect to show up in their lives. I want to tell you what is killing America right now is a complete loss of respect of any kind for authority or position. I don't care if you don't like the man or not. He is a president of the United States of America. There ought to be something inside of me that stands up and say, I don't have to honor or admit that I like the man, but I'm going to honor the position. And we as a country are losing that. And I'm going to tell you what, it's happening in the church as well. We don't have respect for one another. That's why people gossip about one another. That's why they get on Facebook and do some of the garbage they do on Facebook. is because they have no respect. And the reason they have no respect is because they have forgotten. That if it had not been for God, they would already be dead and in a grave. God's been merciful. And when we look around, we need to understand, maybe somebody is not as well off as I am. Maybe they're not where I am spiritually, but that gives me no right to judge them. I need to encourage them. And when you forget, that's what happens. When you forget, you turn your heart to other things. Idols become more important. They worshiped. When they forgot, they were ungrateful. Get this. They were ungrateful for what God had provided for them in the promised land. 
when they got to the promised land and he sent spies to, it was told that it was a land that flows with what? Milk and honey. Milk and honey have always been symbolic of richness and blessings, bountiful, over, it's flowing. But when they came back, all that ten of them saw were giants. And when they were quizzed, they said, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it flows with milk and honey, but there's that word again. There's giants in the land. And so they begin to grumble and complain and murmur. And they turned their hearts back. And God turned them back into the wilderness. They forgot what God had provided for them. And then they doubted. They did not believe that the God had brought him this far could take them that much further along. That's amazing to me. Now, how many of you would be honest and say, if it had not been for some event in my life, somebody help me, I would not be here today. All right. With that in mind, if you're not careful in your present circumstances, you can become so overwhelmed that you forget that. And when you forget that, you quit believing. And when you quit believing, you're going to start complaining. And when you quit believing, there's going to be other spirits that show up, rebellion and, un- and distrust and fault-finding and criticism and backbiting and sarcasm, all those other things because we forgot. Why remember? Because when you forget, you panic. But the psalmist did not leave us without a word. And I'm going to go back to that. It was the very beginning of chapter 106, verse 12. He said, Then his people believed his promises. And when they believed his promises, they sang his praises. I'm going to give you the key that will unlock the prison that some may be in this morning of ingratitude or bitterness or hatred or anger or jealousy or fault-finding or backbiting or rebellion or unbelief or whatever prison it is, you just put your own name over it. I'm going to tell you what the key to it is, that you can look back over your life and you see those times where God was there when no one else was, and you say, thank you, Lord, for that, and you praise him for that. And when you praise him for that, he'll help you get through this. That when you thank him for what he's already done, he's going to take care of what needs to be done. That when you, when you develop an attitude of praise in your life, that's the key that will unlock the door and allow you to step out and into the liberty that God has designed for you. That when you can look at all of your life and you can say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, the enemy would have triumphed over me. But he has been on my side. And the reason I'm here today is because... He helped me. He blessed me. He provided for me. He, 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 he kept. He did. Come on, let's stand together. Amen. He, 
walk with me through all of the dark places. And he never forsook me. He never forgot me. He did not leave me alone. Amen. I wish I had time to go on, but when they remembered, they praised. When you remember, praise is what will help keep your focus on the right thing. And the right thing is not necessarily your present circumstance. The right thing may be the faithfulness of your God to always provide, to always make a way, to always get you through. To praise Him somehow develops in your spirit a gratefulness. Oh God, how good you have been to me. He is good all the time. All the time He is good. When you begin to praise Him, there's something that joins with your praise called gratitude. And and you just pour out your thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for mercies that are uh, even unseen. Thank you for your hand that's been on me even when I didn't know it was on me. Thank you for being with me when I was not even with you. You stayed with me. (laughs) Woo! When you remember, it will help keep you humble. When you praise God, it will help keep a right perspective in your eyes of what really matters. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall stand forever. If you're going to put yourself on something or you're going to connect yourself to something, you ought to connect yourself to something that's not going to pass away. Why don't you invest yourself in this book? And what this book represents. Amen. When we, when we develop that spirit of praise in our life and we allow praise to surface in our life, it helps keep us dependent on Him. Not on us. Not on somebody else. Because people will let you down. But this is what the Word says of Him. Isaiah said, He will net. He will not fail. He will not fail. He will not fail. Nor be disappointed. He will never, 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 never forsake you. Never. That's why you ought to lift your hands and thank Him right now. Because you're here. That in itself is a gift of mercy. That in itself is a gift that you ought to give thanks for. That I'm even here. That I'm in my right mind. That I even have the presence of mind to come to church anyway. That I might know the will of God for my life. That I might bask in His joy and His presence. That I might know the freedom and the liberty of what God has provided for my life. Thank you, Lord. If you feel like it, why don't you just join me here at the altar? Step out in a, and let's spend a little time giving him praise for what he's doing right now.